Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. You are listening to the Redraft Podcast with me, your co-host, Romina Ramos, and as always, joined by the wonderful Will Stevenson. How are you, Will? How are yeah, you doing this I'm week? all right. I'm all right. Romina is everything. Will is just Ken. I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> we, <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but it's all I can think about. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't seen it yet, but I, I'm hoping to get to it this week because uh, I've not been to the cinema yes, in ages. Yeah, it's exciting. It's Barbenheimer week, everybody. We've, we've, there's no mention of it in the pod, sadly, <laughs> but uh, you know, needs to be mentioned. No. Maybe a review next week if we both get to see it. I think we're going on Tuesday. Yes, nice, nice. Cool. Um, what have you been up to this week? I have, well, A, I've finished Ooh. work, so that's excellent news. <laughs> and B, I was at uh, the first ever um, word of mouth event, which was really, really fun. Um, so, a night of live hip hop, spoken words, um, rock, alternative music, um, a band on yes. the wall, um, hosted by Shrill Cardier, uh, who are a brilliant uh, hip hop duo. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, me, uh, Cookie Love, and Esther Koch um, with the spoken words. Powerhouses. Um, entertainment, getting down early to, to warm the crowd up. Yeah, it was good fun. It was nice. It, me, all three of us have quite a different approach to the medium. Mm. Um, so it felt it felt nice. It felt like there was a really good variety of people there. There's a lot of first time um, poet experiences there. You know, people have come for the music and got down early. Um, yeah, it was really good. I only wish I could have stayed longer, but it was it was a rail strike day, and uh, I, you know, you knew how this yes. goes. Um, but always, we put the solidarity to the unions. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, it was great. A shout out to uh, a rapper called Bat Funk, who I'd never heard of before yesterday, um, and just absolutely blew my mind with some of the most creative punchlines but also like crazy double time rapping like he sounded like prime wayne eminem you know all of this it was it was a brilliant brilliant wordsmith and lots of high energy for his stage presence so yeah shout out to him and and to everybody um, who came through to that event because it was it was real good fun so yeah, that's where I've been up to this weekend. Nice. How about you? You up so much? I have had two events this week. I did. I went down to Bury to the uh, fire training centre uh, with Princess Trust. Yes. Um, Princess Trust and Bolton Fire Station to attend the graduation of the Princess Trust program um, for young people, helping them get into employment and things like this. Um, and you know what? It was such an inspiring night. It's just so nice to see like a group of young people who are in Bolton with not as many opportunities to them afforded to them um and being so grateful for the for for the program and and most of them going on to do exciting things one of them was he's got a job with us at three guys Abby um Beautiful. And yeah, it was it was really really nice actually. Yeah, it inspired me. I I I'd love to get into youth work. Um, I was chatting to someone there, but 
no vacancies as right now. <laughs> but yeah, so I did that. That was really cool. Um, and and then on Friday night, I had the great pleasure of reading some poems at the launch of Lisa Simpson's new collection with Black Cat mm. Poetry Press. Bird song. Bird song. Yeah, what a book. Um, I love Lisa's writing. She's she's fantastic. The book is all about. Uh, it's like setting lockdown, but it's not about lockdown. It's about like the experience that we were all having at that time. But she had a lot of it is about like how our kids dealt with it, and it's like she did this amazing thing with the book where mm. she gives voice to these kids who probably wouldn't know how to express how that time felt for them, and mm. she tells it in that such a lovely way. Um, yeah, pick, pick definitely, definitely check out Birdsong, Black Cat Poetry Press with uh, by Lisa Simpson. So yeah, I read some poems there online. Fantastic. That was great. Um, I got to listen to new poets that I never listened to and connect with different people, which was amazing. And that was it. And now it's Sunday and we're starting a new week next week. And this week we've got Nata coming up. But I'll tell you about that at the end. I'll yes. tell you about that at the end. For now, why don't you tell people who we're chatting to today? Absolutely, yeah. We are speaking with Louis Glazard, um, who is the author of Human Men, a self-published poetry collection, um, and is a bit of... Uh, 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 enigmatic mm. figure really I feel like whenever I turn on my Instagram feed or my TikTok, Louis doing something else um, you know, inspiring or, or fascinating so they've included bits for the BBC residencies, talking to writers from across the world um, and just a handful of all brilliant, interesting stuff he's currently writing a novel um, and his work often speaks about the various um, portrayals of masculinity that we see and, and the positive and negative effects those can have on, on young men in particular. So it was a really interesting chat. I yeah, think. absolutely, absolutely. Um, so we'll get strapped in, listen to the chat, and we'll see you on the other side. Um, we do the proper intro and outro um, after the, the actual episode, so we usually just kind of go straight into it. Um, but yeah, it's just an informal chat. We're just going to have a good chat and get to know you. So we always go back to the beginning on the Redraft podcast. Uh, and so why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience of high school um, and where you grew up and what that was like for you? Um, my upbringing, uh, not great, to be honest. I grew up um all over Yorkshire basically so I was living with my dad at the time and he had his own uh set of issues but we were moving around a lot um to different schools so um originally I was in like Halifax moved to Hebden Bridge um then Wakefield I lived for a bit um before finally I think when I was about 16 I moved in with my mum, which was in Leeds. Um, but I was always kind of going back and forth between where my dad was living and Leeds. So I guess I would consider Leeds my home. Um, but high school, um, I had I had good friends, but I mean it was in it was in a small, very small town in Wakefield. So as you can imagine, it was a bit there wasn't a much space for um been different <laughs> <laughs> yeah I can relate to that my school was similar um 
what about your experience with like the literature and, and poetry and things like that that were being taught to you at that level did you engage with it back then um yeah I really enjoyed it I mean like I say like I was spending a lot of weekends at my mum's my mum was very into all different types of books um she was kind of a big fan of like Toni Morrison um and May Angelou but also kind of more I guess like local writers so Kate Atkinson um and she used to go to like Ilkley Literature Festival and stuff like that so oh, wow. she, yeah she was a big big fan of books and writing and so yeah I just spent a lot of time engaging with it in that way but also when I was at school and through education I kind of got into it too of my own accord um and then sort of went on to do literature in more depth at like a level mm-hmm. and uni uh, so yeah that was kind of my, my path with it um I was always kind of like writing and stuff in secret but I didn't um didn't share it with anyone until like a couple of years ago really what what <laughs> prompted you to start sharing it for the first time um well it was when I was so I was at when I was at uni I did a creative writing module um yeah. I think it was in first first year and I found that I actually got overwhelmed, I think, with the feedback. Um, because it was, I mean, you know, in that kind of educational setting, it's very much like the feedback can be around like form. Um, and sometimes like the it was Newcastle Uni and a lot of the focus was on kind of the the more, I guess, like structured parts of it. So how how to write a poem, that kind of thing, and um less so about the feeling. Um mm-hmm. I think I just got to a, I think I just got to a point where I was like if I don't if I don't start sharing my writing it, it just yeah I just I think I just felt like I had to just I had to just do it um because of stuff that had happened in my life and I was just like I need to I need to do it now yeah, it's yeah. An outlet, isn't it? did you start mm-hmm. sharing it first uh like uh, maybe open mics or things like this or was it like an online kind of putting it out there written word things like that I started with a poetry Instagram um, when I was still at uni so um, I just well I was around just graduating so um, but then I kind of my whole kind of motivate I knew I knew so my brother lived in Manchester before um and he's a photographer and he had kind of a lot to say about the creative community but also like the queer creative community in Manchester and I just I was just drawn to it so that then I moved here um and I was just kind of started just doing like queer open mic nights um I used to go to this thing called queer family tea um Mm. and I think they paid you like twenty pound or something, and there's all there was all like different types of acts like drag cabaret, um, and the idea was just to like connect with the queer people and just like chat and whatever. And that's where I started reading my poetry really, um, and then just did all like the open mic nights and stuff in Manchester. Um, did like for those a couple of times. Um, I'm trying to think what else. What other nights I did. Was so did, you do, did you do one in Altrincham in the woods? 
Yeah, you did. You did because that's where I met you for the first time, or at least spent some time with you for the first time. Yeah, that was was, that was a fun one. Right, it was really different, wasn't it? So that felt very um, all together in the woods, and it felt like a post-COVID thing as well, massively, like because we were all so close together in proximity. And Mm. yeah, it's really nice. It's really nice to see everybody that was there is doing all these different types of things now so yeah yeah that was that gig was before my time but I remember it was when I was looking at to start doing open mics and I was seeing what was out there in Manchester and it was like exciting to see something like that which Mm. is quite different to everything else that's going on that's either in a cafe or a pub or Mm. yeah I don't think they've done they've done another one of those um it'd be nice if they did they did do another one because I was again yeah but I I I nearly I did I actually think I was going to get a lift with Lou to one oh Uh, in the woods up there but I I I think I got stuck at work I don't remember something came up and I didn't end up going um but but what's the sketch um do do quite a lot of like I think they run the Altrincham like arts festival and they do lots yeah. of sorts of weird and wonderful things. Yeah, they're worth checking out for sure. Yeah. Cool. So I think this leads nicely onto human, human men. Uh, we've uh, I was talking to Will about it just before you arrived. How much I loved reading it. Um, and yeah, we're just going to pick your brains a little bit about you. So, uh, uh, to start with. Just tell us how, how you decided to put this as a collection out there, how, how that came about. Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. When I first uh when I first started doing the open mics, I started to kind of sense a bit of a theme with my writing, which was just about kind of um it was it was struggles, I guess, of uh finding myself and dating men in the gay community specifically kind of different apps that I was using like Grindr um, but also just like Tinder and I documented a lot of the time kind of my how I felt about some of the things that I did but also some of the things that were done to me and I was thinking about kind of the larger context of like dating as it is now um but also just like the influence of my mum and how she'd kind of spoke, encouraged me to like speak about feelings and stuff. And I don't think, I, I think when I first started dating, I was really confused by the whole kind of dating rules, dating games, those types of things. Um, something that I wouldn't engage with now, but I think because I was young and inexperienced with it, I was just really confused by it. So I was just, I was just constantly writing poems about it all. Um, and, yeah, there's lots of stuff that goes into that kind of... It's, it's big kind of worms, but I just kind of wanted to document that experience and write about it. And poetry was just was just there, I think. Yeah, a great medium for, for it, mm. for sure. And so did you always know that you were going to self-publish it or did you try to get it? Did you send it out to, to presses? What, were the, what was that process like for you? Was it a conscious choice? Like, I'm going to put this out myself, how I want it in my own terms? Um, I think I think so. Um, I'd, spent, I'd spent, it was before um, 
the reason kind of I was able to do it and have the time to like edit and focus on it was because I got an arts council grant um but prior to that I think I'd submitted I'd had poems published but I'd also submitted the full collection to like a couple of different presses who had said like this is really good um and I think there was two I was chatting to and it got to like kind of close to it but then I reconnected with the person who designed designed the cover um and we spoke a lot about kind of the process of printing um and stuff that she, that she herself was interested in um and she was an old friend actually so we knew each other from six following leads um and I just I think at the, at the time like I was so I was so like those poems I'd, I'd been writing for years and I was like I just sort of don't want to you know working with an editor but also working with an illustrator but working with people that I knew understood it and what I was trying to say was quite important um because I remember speaking to a couple of presses and feeling like oh I don't think they understand what I'm trying to convey here so it's like I did it just didn't it didn't it didn't feel right but it was also just like the visuals like I just wanted it to be mm-hmm. a certain color um because yeah it was it was just a lot like I'd I'd thought about it for years <laughs> I was like yeah. I just I want to do it and see where that, that kind of that takes me just like doing it on my own yeah I get that for sure I love, I was saying to Will before, I love how you've got like the section towards the end that's got all the photos like sort of collaged together and I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that um, what why that creative decision was, what, how that came about. Um, that, was, that wasn't really me, to be honest. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was Caitlin, so uh, when we were working together, we, she had my, she had my full manuscript, like, um, and whilst I was editing it with the editor and she did a lot of work around kind of a lot of her work is like collage and like reference points so she just did a lot of like archive research around around it and was coming up with these like really interested images about kind of more modern reference masculinity plus like the older ones mm-hmm. um and it ended yeah. up being interesting I think um, yeah, it is. It is. You can, I was saying to Will, how we all like each page is like <clears throat> relates to to masculinity in some way, but they're also different. But yeah, I love that. That, that. I think that was another thing with the self-publishing. We were like that, like stuff like that you can do. Um, whereas, like the printing, like the printing and stuff, it's a lot for a press to be like, oh yeah, let's let's put. 15 images color images inside a book like yeah yeah how was the the postpartum experience of, of once it's out selling it you know being on top of having to market it because it's a self-published thing how's that been for you are you a natural marketer um well, i do i do do marketing like that's my my day job um and still do it so yeah I think so. It's my, it's my kind of thing. But mm. uh, 
it's a difficult one because you want to you want to and I'm, I'm sure you both must feel this with, with your own books like you want to keep promoting it you want to keep mentioning it and I still do sometimes but it's like there's a, I feel like there's only so long where I want to keep revisiting mm. those poems because they're, they're of an emotional space and it's like I can't keep performing those poems mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just just for my own mental health so it's like I also just like I will promote it sometimes but I'm not like I'm not like doing the all of the promotion that I was doing before um, yeah how do you feel yeah, like completely feel this... oh sorry I was just going to say that I completely feel the same like I there are certain poems in my book that I'm just like right these I think these have run run the course kind of thing it's nice that they're there and they're mortalized but I don't I think that I don't feel I feel like performing them is like yeah revis- revisiting maybe old wounds or something and I think that once that because I've dealt with it now and it's how they belong there and I should move mm. on <laughs> yeah um I think that's the you know writing from that emotional place as well like you're gonna have you're gonna have poems that are of of that time um and therefore remind you of that time so when you've moved on from it and I don't know like I feel like writing and making a book about it is one of the biggest ways that anybody can move on and try and like feel at peace with something mm. yeah, yeah for sure. the emotional poetry graveyard <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, how do you feel, because it's been a little while, the book's been out for some time now. Do you feel like, obviously, you're you're moving in a diff- different direction, which we'll talk about in terms of the novel, but as a poet, do you feel like, I, you know, a different person in 2023? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't find myself writing poetry as much. Mm. Um these days but I mean it's probably because it's like my focus is the novel but um yeah no definitely definitely a different person and also reading even you know two years ago having written certain poems I'm like oh my perspective was completely singular when I was creating that um Mm. and it, it was the way I was seeing the world but I don't necessarily see it that way anymore um but I think I had to I had to create that book to to realize that mm. I think and it's then, fascinating isn't it like with with anyone that records their thoughts on on any medium be it podcast or poetry or comedy special you're putting a stake mm. in the ground and saying this is me at you know at this time but there's no promise to yourself to sort of keep that way forever you know like it's a beautiful thing to have a record of this is what I felt and isn't that weird because I, d- I don't feel that anymore mm. at all I think it's fascinating. I certainly feel that when I look at a lot of the stuff that I've had published and go oh that's weird I wouldn't write that now I certainly wouldn't write it in that way yeah it, um it's one of those but I'm also like yeah it's sort of it has to happen it's kind of the transformative process of art really isn't it um, that sounded wordy. Dead, <laughs> it was lovely. No, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> very pretentious. That's what we're here for. It's a poetry about editing. <laughs> it's a it's a podcast about editing. It's a very pretentious medium. <laughs> <laughs> um, Absolutely. So, 
we want to talk to you about being a writer in residence. You are our second, I think, writer in residence that we've had on. Um, so if you could just talk to us about that experience with Geelong Libraries, how it's been being virtual. Um, it's been it's been amazing. Like I can't um fully experience to be honest. I think it's 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 um I've learned a lot from it and I've learned a lot about um kind of I think it's you know it's so it's so great to be able to kind of do community stuff in Manchester and like want to connect with all these different types of writers but sometimes when you when you doing something like that because it's so it's so out of your comfort zone you you have this like imposter syndrome thing like it comes mm. up and then you're like oh I just have to I have to sort of like I have to be I have to be a writer from Manchester <laughs> for this residency yeah. um but yeah it's been great like one of one of the I think into context of that one of the things I did was judge a writing prize mm. which felt uh, which felt really really big I don't know why I was just like I feel like I, I'm not I, I'm not entitled to judge other people's work <laughs> and and why but then I was like I need to sort of I sort of need to lean into it and I need to be like be, be professional like you've been asked mm. to do this thing um but um that I think that was the most rewarding part of it and just being able to sort of be like oh this is I enjoyed this piece because xyz this is how I think it's been made and whatever um but I think that was the most it's also just like connecting connecting with an entirely different community like I've learned so much about Geelong and and Melbourne I would never would never because we were speaking about um I was speaking about the program Happy Valley and saying that basically that's where I I grew up um and I think it was on a zoom call and uh one of the people at the library also said like oh you know there's a lot of there's a lot of areas like that around Melbourne and and that's something that I'd never I'd never considered yeah. considered or thought about yeah um so it was it was really interesting I think just to kind of learn um about that but yeah it's been how really did, enjoyable how did it come about so for those listening who, who wanted to get into something like that um I just so you know um Manchester Manchester City of Literature mm. yeah they have a they have like an opportunities page where they post their residencies quite regularly. I think there's one on for the minute. Um, it's an in-person one. I think it's in uh, Prague. Um, but they they just list them on there. So like, if you're in Manchester and you're a writer, it's a city of literature. So you can. Melbourne is also a city, a city of literature. I think mm-hmm. Iowa. Um, Iowa and the states is and Ed, Nottingham might be too. I don't know, but there's there's kind of these residencies that are, that are the idea is like an exchange kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. And you're doing you're facilitating some workshops for them as well with Geelong, right? So yeah, that's, so my residency, my residency ended 
uh, like March time. So this is kind of like an additional thing. Um, but yeah, that's going to be fun. It's kind of about, I'm trying to think like my, my old workshops, I basically, my advice was like, write what you know, like write from your identity and stuff. Um, and this, this instead is kind of like, how do you, how do you transform? Like, how do you write different, different, on different themes? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I suppose it just shows how you're evolving as a writer. And I think that leads quite nicely into my next question, which is how, how much has your process changed from writing, putting together a poetry collection to now working on a novel? Because it's, and, and another question that quite into that one as well. Is it a novel? Is it fiction or is it like part memoir? Um, no, it's fiction. It's fiction. Right, cool. But um, I think so. The, the novel I'm working on at the minute, it started kind of as extended poems. Okay. Um, where I was kind of, I realised I was writing like chunks of text mm. about... Um, just on a theme and then I um I think what I've learned uh is about like plotting and stuff like something that I should have done at the start I think it was an important part of the journey to not to not do that but a lot of the work I'm doing at the minute is trying to work out those parts where I didn't and where I didn't plot it properly and stuff um some of it was just a mess. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big undertaking, isn't it? Um, like, it's very different from, like you say, the short form of poetry. So that mess is comes from untangling the ball, I guess, and figuring out where you want to take it. I with writing this long form intrigues me so much because it's so outside of anything that I've tried to put my hand to. How were you able to look at character, look at beats you know was there something that popped out as going this is the part where it's working and, and this is something I need to actively work on and develop and if that is the case how are you developing that that's quite a long-winded question sorry <laughs> um no I think uh biggest thing for me was like I I, I do like a, a writing group at the minute but also just trying to like I've been to like other writing groups and stuff before um, and if they can like point out Wade, like I do this thing, and it's 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 it, it. I found it really interesting. We're having a discussion about it recently with another poet um, who's writing long longer form stuff as well. And it's like when you when you write a poem, it's almost like an extended thought, and you will repeat you repeat certain things. It's mm. the same theme, but you repeat it. Um, whereas with a novel, sometimes it just if you do that, it 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 just doesn't doesn't read right it looks like you're saying the same sentence three times um so in the editing process I've realized like how much I do that and how I'm gonna have to stop <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah it's stuff like that where I'm like that's the the transition and you need you need people to be able to point it out mm -hmm. and be like why why have you said <laughs> she said in five different ways yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, I totally relate to that. The only time I've ever tried to write fiction was whilst I was in my degree. 
Mm. um in creative writing and the feedback that I got was always like it's too poetic <laughs> it's too there's too much metaphor there's too many like images and it's uh yeah I think I, I think I've always been better at poetry it's 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 difficult to set it's not difficult but it's there's this there's a very distinct line between the two and sometimes it just gets a bit blurred when you mm. when you don't practice as practice as much as other people, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Do you think you do you think you'd write a novel at some point? Well, I, I that's a scary thought. I would like to because I do have like the first chapter of one written that I had to do as an assignment for uni, and that was like part mem part memoir. But I, what fiction isn't, I suppose. Like, um, it was fiction, but it was a bit of yeah. I do have it somewhere, but uh, every time I think I'm going to sit down and. <laughs> try to hash this out I feel a bit scared mm. but but I think I would like to work in that at some point yeah I would like to to try other forms of writing I've got some scripts away that, I, that I'd like to work on as well I wanted to ask you about um growing an audience online about social media TikTok and Instagram um because whenever your posts come up I always find them really engaging whether it's a story where you're asking for people's recommendations or opinions or a piece of writing that you're sharing on TikTok. But I think you are very unique in your ability to sort of draw in an audience that seem to buy in to exactly your brand and what you're selling very effectively. Do you think that, obviously you said you've got experience of marketing in the day job, but you know, for the layman, how do you think you've managed to do that? I don't know. I don't know. I I think it's just about like, I don't know. I see it's something that I've always given in it, when I'm doing like marketing, like my my kind of go-to piece of advice is like marketing is just storytelling mm-hmm. and like whatever you, you know, it's not always, I don't think it's good to, I don't think about it too, too much sometimes with my writing stuff because I just want to, just want to share something um but like when I was promoting my book I was thinking about like what what the story of the book is and how 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 can I convey that and who who wants to kind of who wants to read it I guess and um yeah I think it's it's a hard one but I think yeah I would just I would just think of like marketing as like a storytelling format um like when companies are trying to get us to spend our money, <laughs> <laughs> they're using that. You know, it's like you see, like I don't know, I can't think of an example. Like Diet Coke, like I've become addicted recently, <laughs> but it's that marketing of like seeing, you know, that ice cold Coke in the summer. Like it's it's that like it, it's ingrained in your brain. Um, so that's how I think about math. <laughs> <laughs> right on cue. <laughs> yeah, I'm enjoying oh. a nice refreshing glass. But yeah, no, you're right. It is. And I, I, I like the idea of the story of the book. I mm. I hadn't really considered that previously, I don't think. I mean, and we are now approaching there are definite themes, but there's a lot of disparate elements as well. Whereas mm. definitely with human men. And I think with sardines as well, I think they tell a more concise and clear story, which is something I'm trying to build to, I think, for whatever the next thing turns out to be. 
yeah it's 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 one of those like i think i was speaking to um my friend who recently who's a novelist um and we were saying like you know i think sometimes like i when i first started like posting and like doing stuff like that at first i was like i'm almost sad that this thing that i love i have to think of like mm. as a business or like me as a you know what story am I telling whatever what whatever my book my book's just about feeling like why am I thinking about but then it's like you have to you have to to like get other people to like <laughs> I don't know like it's it's such a it's such a hard one that I'm constantly like to and fro with where I'm like oh I should be I should be doing this for this purpose because I'm a writer and I want to eventually at some point do it full-time or I just want to post it and not have to think about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I relate so much to that because I, I, until I was ready to like get sardines into manuscript format and ready for publishing, I had never thought of <clears throat> of that work in terms of anybody else. Like I'd never thought of the reader up until that point. They were just my poems, pieces of my life that I've made into poems I never thought oh what was someone who's this poem for or I never wrote in that way who's this poem for who, who do I want to read this poem or like certainly when it came in terms to like ordering the poems together like thinking of the reader in that sense of like and they need to be these people don't know me they have to have a reason to pick up this book and mm-hmm. it, it has to be like a concise story it has to all like fit in together it has to have a theme and all these things I'd never ever give give that much thought to it in that sense like I was just writing from the heart, I guess. But um yeah, it's funny when you come to like put something together like that, how it becomes more about it's like you said before, Will, it's like the death of the author and the, the birth of the reader, I suppose. Expectations um, versus reality as well. Like what I might expect to read based on, you know, a front cover, a back cover, a, a poem that you read at an open mic, and what I actually get, it wants to be consistent, doesn't it? You don't want to yeah. turn up to an open mic night selling books, reading something completely different and then have a potential audience all go oh hold on that's not what I thought I was going to get get. (laughs) yeah 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 I think yeah sometimes I'm just like I I think if I think about it too much so I get then get like oh it should it should the focus should be the writing really um Mm. you can get sucked into those into those thoughts too much like I I definitely did when I was like promoting my first book I was like I just what's the story like all the time I was like thinking about it and it's good but also you just need to sometimes people will just buy a book because they're connected to a feeling like mm-hmm. yeah. yeah but it's also you're doing it a disservice if you don't do that marketing because like you say the words mm-hmm. are the most important thing and if no one's reading them you know, because they've not been marketed or sold properly, then what's the point in writing them? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, books can be like all, all marketing and, you know, there was a, there was someone on TikTok recently and I can't remember what their name was and there was a lot of hype for her book and it, and it got like a massive deal and I, I I sometimes you know when you go down a hell of a way you're just scrolling through videos um and when the book came out like 
a lot of people did because it was marketed in a certain way a lot of people did express that feel, feeling of being that oh that's i've been duped mm. like that book's about which which mm. i was really interested by too i was like oh how's that happened <laughs> i wonder if that's to do with external forces you know taking charge of what the marketing should look like especially when it's a writer who presents in a certain way it's quite easy to buy mm-hmm. into like traditional marketing and then go oh hold on they're not writing about you know rupee core femininity or whatever you might assume mm. yeah right i definitely want to talk to you about getting an agent mm. uh i've seen the news on that recently which is amazing um especially when you're well i'll say early stages but when you're when you're writing your novel and editing it and stuff it's so good that you've already got like an agent to help you promote it and stuff so I wonder if you could talk a little bit about how that process was like for you finding and getting them and so uh, I I mean when I said before about the the editing so basically my I'd already had a finished book but um I'd been submitting it for like a good two years um where I think this was probably around the time that I was I've got an I've got an annoying knack for like I don't know if it's like ADHD, but I've got an annoying knack of like looking at another project when I'm working on mm-hmm. something. Um, and when I was doing Human Men, I was I was submitting my novel, which is I don't know <laughs> at what point was I relaxing? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I submitted to an agency at that point, and they um, they asked for a full full manuscript two years ago and then that was something that they said actually my pitch going back to what we were speaking about before my pitch didn't actually represent what the book was mm-hmm. um so this I is spent the, a lot of this time is the of, novel sorry well yeah um i spent a lot of time trying to, trying to trying to align those things and think about what i actually wanted to say um and so their feedback was really helpful. Um, I was just editing on my own for about a year. Then I started submitting last year. Got really down in the dumps about it because I was like, nobody's taking notice. It's just, you know, whatever. Um, and I was like in that mindset of like, do it all on my own. Like, I can do this. I can do this. And then I just got, eventually got to a point where I was like, I need somebody to help me. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I just had writers who... Had, had done it and friends too who were like oh this is what you need to this is what you need to look at and it was also you know um is Andrew his agency frog literary like it's a new agency um and he's willing to take you know um interest in me as a writer because I'm like a new writer too so there's that uh but yeah it's it's exciting. I'm excited. Um, we're just kind of trying to shape it up at the minute before we hopefully do something with it. <laughs> yeah. What draft would you say this is that you're working on now? It's I'm probably like, like seven, seven, six or seven. Yeah. Wow. What was what was the compulsion to get? an agency on site was it because you you want to look at pitching to you know larger publishers and you you thought that that would be a more that that would help with that 
Was there another mm. reason? Yeah, um, that's just yeah, just the rationale, really. I think yeah. um, with with my with my novel and writing prose, I feel I don't feel it necessarily as much with poetry. Um, sometimes I don't want it to. I don't want it to be a certain thing. Whereas with a novel, I, I think I need that input and I need that. I need that development, like. I was getting to a point where I was just writing it on my own and I was like, I need somebody to, you know, I need to open my mind and be like ready for the learning of that process rather than, I don't know, with poetry, I'm just like, oh, it's fine. Like, it's just, it's just expression. But when you're having to like tell a full story, it's like, you can't, you need someone to be like, why is that happening? How does that make sense? I think, um, so yeah, it's it's an interesting journey. <laughs> yeah, have you had have you had uh, have you been working with the team people like through the identity process or at least like another, one other person that has been reading it for you and giving you that constant feedback like the whole way through? Um, yeah, I used to, I used to go to I used to go to a writing group who read like different parts of it, and then um, I had a, a friend who um was reading like my my submission packages and stuff um but yeah i've had i've had kind of help and feedback from throughout it which is which is really nice um but i think that's the thing with writing like it's such a such a great space for just like you know people are willing to help like nothing's like i don't know it's a hard one i think there's 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 barriers like I felt there was barriers in some ways with like this whole like publishing and stuff I just didn't understand it but once another writer broke it down to me I was like oh that's how it works why why did nobody tell me yeah that's it why is. having a, a networking is so important isn't it definitely feels like a locked door sometimes until you find the person like you say who can explain everything in there <laughs> It's also, you know, the publishing industry and, you know, it like, it's not easy. Like if you don't, if you don't, if you don't have to navigate that, or if you don't know certain people, like how is it going to, unless, you know, I, I think I, I spent months submitting my novel at one point and, and then another writer pointed out that I was just submitting it entirely wrong. Like, you know, agent publishers expected it to be formed in a certain way and I just didn't never I never knew so now I was like uh, but how 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 are you supposed to know <laughs> yeah 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 it is a, it is a funny one the world of publishing uh for sure I've been I've been looking into self-publishing um it's good it's there's so much out there but I think there's also so much writing out there, and and it's so it's so easy to get lost in the sea of other writers and other talent and mm-hmm. and like feel like you said like oh no one's ever gonna pick this up. But sometimes you just need to do one pair of eyes or uh, latch onto it and help you take it where you want to go. Right. Um, I think that 
I think mm -hmm. the editing talk leads nicely into the the redraft question, eh? Do you wanna do you wanna ask that? Uh, absolutely. So we always ask every single guest, as you, I think you know, on the past on the podcast, what one event or um, time in their life or their career, if you want to be more specific about it, if you had the foresight you've got now and you could go back, edit it, scribble over it, redraft it, and do it again. Is there something that pops to mind, or is it is it an elusive one? Um. Oh. <laughs> um. I, I did this. I, uh, I I had this like you know when I was doing the whole pastel thing, the whole theme thing. I started thinking I wanted to do like paint and stuff, and I did like a painted myself pink for an Instagram post. <laughs> um, it's just just really random. Like why I don't. Know. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've archived the post, but <laughs> it's just like I don't, I don't really know what I was trying to do. I mean, it was, it was experimental, but I was in no way related to writing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's a great that's, one. That's a brilliant answer. Yeah, we usually I, get quite, quite philosophical ones. Are like, I wouldn't change anything because, yeah. which is great, which is great. But no, I like yours. I like yours a lot. I wouldn't have painted myself pastel pink. Um, Beautiful. I'll send, you, I'll send you the photo. It's just so, so bizarre. Please. <laughs> I love that. Um, that is the end. But I, I, I just realised that I didn't talk about something that I wanted to talk about. So just let us, let us keep you for five more minutes. I wanted to just talk a bit about five stages. So saying to Will, I, I listened to bits, not the whole 10 minutes in one sitting when it was on BBC Sounds, but I actually today just sat sat down and listened to the whole thing again. Um, and yeah, talk us a bit about how that project came along for the BBC and how what that meant to for you. Um, that was just like, a, I think, you know, I, I, I so when I initially pitched that, I think for the, the, the programme, it was just about kind of the grief and wanting to kind of get those emotions down, like through poetry. Um, and just, just, I don't know, like, use my writing to, like, work through it all kind of thing. Um, but then when when I started working with um, the other creatives, like, it, it was a production company, Naked Productions, and they were, like, mentoring me, like, on the script and stuff, because initially I was like, oh, I'll just, I'll just read a poem. But then I was like, how can I make this? You know, I actually think that that might have been the start of the start of the journey with like character development and stuff in novels. Like I'd I'd thought about it and I was like, how can I this it, it it was about grief and like I was like, I feel like how can I boundary set and like speak almost like speak through those characters rather than like it being like on me to bear that and be like, oh, this is what happened to me, 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 me. Cause it's like, and I was thinking about, it, I was like, if it's going on the BBC radio, I don't want to then look back and be like, oh, I was uncomfortable with sharing that, but I just did it anyway. So I, I, I use these characters to like speak, speak about grief basically. That was the whole premise. Yeah, I loved, uh, yeah, I learned all about like radio, plays um in uni and stuff but 
when we the stuff that we looked at was very much like script and I know that you said you know I said that you probably had to write a script for that but I just loved how it was like narrated and then you just had the characters deliver these like really punchy lines uh and it really like delivered the message like it was this... went through a big uh key tempest phase at that point too where I was like I I wanted to sound like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 ones too um but how can how can it be how can I make that mine sort of thing um yeah yeah. Was it a, was it a cathartic experience for you writing that and putting it out? Um, obviously going through your own like grief at the time or previous to it. Yeah, it was. I think I think I was just like I felt empowered by doing it. I was like, it, I felt at the time and what happened through through doing it was people reached out to me and were like, oh, I've experienced this too, and I know how this feels, and that was something that you know. I had people in our lives that were so supportive and so lovely, like friends, family, whatever. But it was almost, it more, almost just like more amazing to be like, oh, you, you can relate just on on this, and that's like really special too. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. I don't know. Probably just yeah, no, completely, more. completely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it completely makes sense. Mm. Amazing. Sort of... Well, I think. Just that it's a really lovely answer, and I really enjoyed this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a it's a lovely place to to a natural end. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Thank you so much for uh, giving us your time and coming on the pod. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. Louis, where can um, people Where can people find you? Keep updated about the book, etc. Uh, I'm not yeah. Just on social media, so um, I will be sharing news any news there um i also have an like a newsletter mm. which I, I do number two <laughs> <laughs> amazing right we'll get the, all them links in the uh show notes etc and uh, yeah, yeah absolutely thank you so much for your time Lou. Th- thanks so much Okay, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the chat with Louis. Um, very lovely, lovely, lovely conversation there. Um, we've got plenty to peck your head about, so we're going to get straight in with the advertising. Yes. Uh, if you've stuck around this long, we really appreciate it. Uh, shout out to you for listening. We are, you know, well into our double digits of episodes now as well. Um, we do this every week, and it's it's a lot of fun. So thank you for keeping up and listening. Um, so on that note on Saturday this coming Saturday it's here at last we've been talking to you about it for ages Saturday the 29th of July we with the doors open CIC that's myself Romina Stuart Beveridge and Michaela Violet and I as the lead presenter of this event are running a workshop all about improving your confidence at um, Bolton Library Museum lecture hall which is just downstairs it's in the bolton town center Uh, it's really accessible from out of town um via bus train all that good stuff but also particularly if you're mega hyper local to us please come along um we'd love to see you there and it's going to be a great event it's completely free there's talks activities goodie bags and obviously some great opportunities to network with um fellow sort of creative minded people so it's it's gonna be fun i'm really looking forward to it. yes and while you're there before that you can also get free tickets to come and join us at three guys this wednesday the 26th of july uh where we've got another fantastic lineup for you lots of exciting people coming through um as always it's free 
Um, and yeah, get, get your tickets for that on the link in bio as always. And then the following week. Yes, we're getting closer and closer to a day that I'm really looking forward to, a day that is quite scary as it gets closer and closer. Um, we of the Redraft Podcast, that's me, Will, Romina on the other microphone, and our special guest, Adam oh, yes. Evans, who's just completed, oh, I forgot to mention, uh, two shows of the Crisp Review, which I saw um, and was fantastic. Um, brilliant, brilliant comedy chops from Adam. Um, I love seeing him succeed, and I'm really excited to see his uh, show as part of our live podcast. So it's going to be 20 minutes, half an hour of new poetry from me. 20 minutes, half an hour of new poetry from Romina. 20 minutes, half an hour of comedy from Adam. And we're going to all sit down, have a lovely conversation about it. There will be free crisps. There will be lovely... <laughs> there's a cat that lives at the King's Arms. Can't argue with that. There will be lovely words that are being spoken at you. They may rhyme, they may not. There will be a hug if you want one. There will be a and a session where you can talk to us and ask questions, <laughs> talk to Adam about how brilliant he is at comedy. And it's going to be really fun. So please come down. It is £4. I think it's about £5 included. Yes, in come and see us because we've been working really hard on our sets and we want to deliver them to you. So get your tickets for that as mm. well. Um, and yeah, let's let's make our first live redraft a big one. We look forward to seeing you Absolutely. there. Absolutely. We'll leave you with that. And uh, have a brilliant week. Let us know if you see Barbenheimer. Let us know if you see excellent poetry or spoken word or read a brilliant book. We love talking to you and we appreciate you listening. So have a great week. We'll see you in a bit. Bye. Bye. We have three tiers of Patreon support available from three to eight pounds per month. Tier one is the Big Biro tier. In that you receive a shout out in the episode after you join access to all of our planning documents and you can join an exclusive instagram group chat with other writers to share notes tips feedback and more in tier two the fountain pen tier you get all of that plus pre-sale to any upcoming live events that we've got going on and you get to interact with our guests directly by emailing in questions in advance and in tier three you get the typewriter tier includes all the previous benefits plus a free art print from print a poet commission your own poem from us once a year and you also get feedback back on a single piece of writing and that's once a month and of course you can also support us for free by following subscribing and dropping us a five star review on the podcasting platform of your choice and we are really grateful for any level of support that you can offer we know it's a tough old world out there for everyone at the minute so thank you very much and if you can't support us in that way you can always just share us with your friends tell the world about us put us on your stories and give us five stars we'll be back every monday with a brand new episode of the redraft podcast for your listening pleasure